Hello, and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Cara Babcock, pronouns she, her. And I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning. This is a spoiler-free podcast, and we're currently on season three. Whether you're watching for the first time, or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time, too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary from a 21st century lens. Thanks for listening! Now, on to the episode. Season 3, Episode 16, Doppelgangland. You know... My whole life, my whole Buffy existence, I thought it was Doppelganger. Like, I just I just thought that was the title of the episode. I never read the whole word. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting, like, portmanteau or something. Um, this is such a funny episode, and, like, I feel like we needed this episode after consequences. I agree with you. We needed a little, to get back to basics, like I like that the Scoobies are together in this and episode, right? It's hilarious. Like it's just joke after joke, humorous moment after humorous moment. There are so many banger episodes in season three and something I'm really noticing on this rewatch is just how they keep coming. And some of them are bangers because they're serious and salty, like bad girls and consequences. And some of them, like Doppelgangland, are just, there's a levity to them, you know? And yes, there's there are some serious moments in it. But overall, it's just such a wonderfully put-together episode. And I'm just like, man, like, season three brings it. I, well, I, and I think it's all because it's a Willow-centric episode. I mean, we got the Zeppo mm-hmm. to Xander's character development. Well, here we have Willow's, and we're learning about Willow's identity and how she views herself. And I think, we, you know, you and I have always said that we love a Willow-centric episode, and Willow's really gone through the ringer this season. So I, I, I'm i glad that we're catching up, you know, in, in a time where we're dealing with Buffy and Faith and their relationship and the duality of their personalities and, like, how one reflects the other and bad girls stuff. Uh, let's find out how Willow feels about being a bad girl, you know? <laughs> like, what, like, how she views yeah, her own we've, self. we've got this, um, like theme running through the season of bad girls you're right so it's <laughs> These bad biddies yeah um i do want to give a really quick shout out because we had another giveaway Kara and i received some free shit <laughs> disney hyperion publishers sent us in every generation by kendara blake it's a new buffy tie-in novel set after the conclusion of the series following kind of like the next generation, if you will. Uh, you can find my book review. We linked to it on Instagram. It's on Reviews. We also posted a couple of TikToks, including one where I review the book. So if you're interested, you can check those out. And Steph, who won our giveaway of two copies of these books? Yeah, so we did a giveaway. We got two free books to give away to our listeners, our followers on Instagram. We did a Instagram giveaway contest, and the winners are Claudia and Kala. So you ladies should be receiving your books at any moment. I don't know, probably right now as we speak, because (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how mail works wherever you are. So... Thanks for participating. And uh, once again, everybody, if you want to get some free shit, just like we do, go onto our Instagram because sometimes we give stuff away. Sometimes we're really, we're like (laughs) Santa. We just hand it out. 
So let's get into this hilarious episode. And like already, right off the bat, shout out to Angel for being so fucking delightful in this episode too. Just had to give my boyfriend a little call out. So we open with a horned demon who Kara and I know the name of, but we're, we weren't told. We weren't told in this episode, so I'm not going to say it unless you want to. He's just a mysterious fellow. And he's talking to Anya. Hello, Anya. Haven't seen you since The Wish. I'm actually surprised that Anya is still in Sunnydale and that she says in the scene that she's a high school student. She's basically begging this demon to give her back her demon powers. And I think we need to do a little recap of The Wish. Remember Anya, who was actually Anyanka, the patron saint of scorned women, she came to Sunnydale because Cordelia got cheated on, and she granted Cordelia a wish, which was that Buffy never came to Sunnydale. Hijinks ensued. We went to an alternate reality where Xander and Willow were vampires, and Angel was a sex slave. <laughs> and everyone died. There was a time. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, that was it. Um, or that's going to be in like the mid episode <laughs> recap we get when they do the spell, right? But yeah, so Anya lost her powers because her power center, which was a, a like a necklace that she had, got destroyed because Giles, foolish man that he is, <laughs> believed in a better world. You fool. <laughs> I was I was waiting for you to do that. Thank you. <laughs> um, so she, like you said, she's kind of desperate. And why is she desperate? Uh, because she is stuck in this teenager's body. A teenager who's 27 years old. <laughs> but um, she's, yeah, so she's stuck in this in this high school. She says she's a thousand years old and for a thousand years she wielded the powers of the wish and she brought ruin to the heads of unfaithful men and she brought forth destruction and chaos for the pleasure of the lower beings. And now she's stuck at Sunnydale High. Mortal. Child. And she's flunking math. <laughs> so what a fall from grace. She used to be this badass demon. And now she's just a teenage girl who's struggling at school. And the demon is basically like, "There's that's no concern of ours. Like, basically, like, that sounds like a you problem. Uh, he says, like, you will live out your mortal life and die. And I was like, what? Like, Anya can't just live out her mortal life in Sunnydale and then die. Why would he say that? <laughs> so I mean, considering the average lifespan in Sunnydale, that may happen sooner rather than later. Yeah, does this demon know something we don't know? Uh, so Anya says that she wants another chance. If he sends her back to the alternate reality, she can change the outcome. And he just refuses. Again, he's just like, nope, that is so not my problem. Get out of here. And she basically says that 12th graders are super boring. <laughs> and she's going to go find her power center and her power center being her necklace. Uh, and she will find someone that can help her. Cut to Willow, who is doing something very strange, and that is floating her pencil in broad daylight on the campus of school. Like, she's just, like, floating it in front of her using witch powers, and I guess she's not concerned that anyone will see it, or maybe people in Sunnydale just, like, are used to things floating around, even though they pretend that there's no supernatural things going on. I don't know. Weird choice. Yeah. Even weirder, Buffy is doing crunches beside her. Like, she's, like, working out. <laughs> I don't think... We've seen Buffy train. Like, she does skipping and steps. I don't think we've ever seen her do, like, ab work. <laughs> I don't even think we've she's, ever seen Buffy's abs. She's got to get that six-pack. We must have when she's been wearing sports bras. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But she's got to get that six-pack, you know? She's trying to get in shape. 
for Angel, I guess. For Angel, yeah. That's where the scene's going. She's like, well, I'm going to try having sex with Angel again. <laughs> I want to be tip-top shape. Uh, no, this is weird, too. This is something that I found very strange. It's, and I was very confused when she said the sentence. She says, the Watcher Council shrink is heavy into tests. And they've got tests for everything. Like logic, Rorschach, like these words I don't even understand. And a, <laughs> a test to see if you're crazy, she says, that asks if you hear voices or if you want to be a florist. Okay, so Willow admits that she wanted to be a florist once, haha, but then she says that she's floating the pencil using her emotional control, plus magic. <laughs> and then she she asks Buffy if they want to go if she wants to go to her, with her to the espresso pump, which must be the name of the coffee shop area that we keep referring to. And mm -hmm. where and where fights keep breaking out. And <laughs> Buffy says that she's gonna pass and hit the pool to do some laps. Ooh, good thing she's using that pool with the swim team gone. What what use is the pool <laughs> if not to do some laps in? And so we'll ask what we're all asking. Why the calisthenics? Aren't you naturally buff, buff? <laughs> and Buffy says that the test, there's another test that has them running. There's like a physical side to it, reflex evaluation and precision training. And she says that she wants to do dot, dot, dot. And Willow says better than faith. And Buffy says she's very shallow for thinking this way. And I think this is actually the first time for me that I've noticed that Buffy is competitive toward faith and it might just be because of recent events but um not since we first met faith and faith hoping trick where buffy showed a little jealousy toward her i never really saw buffy as comparing herself that much to her yeah um i, I think it's also worthwhile keeping in mind right like you mentioned earlier this is a test created by the watchers council boo mm -hmm. so it sounds like this is the price of faith remaining in sunnydale under wesley's care is for both slayers to undergo a massive evaluation to make sure that they are fit for the field. You know, they're making Faith do it, so they probably just made Buffy do it because she's pissed them off. <laughs> um, and why not? Yeah. So I think Buffy is also feeling like, oh, I have to be better than Faith because, you know, I need to be the good slayer. I need to be yeah. the one who's keeping it all together. Um, and regardless of what's going on with faith, right? So yeah, I'm glad you explained that because remember I said earlier, like I'm like this really confused me, and the, my confusion was like, why are they doing this these tests? Remember the cruciamentum and what a shit show that was. Like all of a sudden they're going to do all these more tests, but to say that well, in recent events they tried to arrest Faith and she beat them all up, and then they're like, okay, I guess one thing we can do is tests. <laughs> so like my question is, what happens if they fail the tests? Literally nothing, probably. So Willow says that competition is natural and healthy, and I agree with her. I'm a competitive person. And uh, she says that Buffy will ace her psych tests. Just don't mark the box that says, sometimes I kill people. And I was like, it was an accident. <laughs> she didn't mean to kill him. Anyway, Buffy says that Faith is not going to be on the cover of Sanity Fair, but she had it rough in different circumstances. That could have been me. And Willow says some people just don't have that in them. And I want us to pay attention to what Willow just said because yeah, turns out we all have a little evil in us, don't we, Willow? Well, we've also seen Buffy in those different circumstances in the, the same episode that gets referenced here, right? So I feel like this episode is full of these subtle little callbacks to the wish. Yes, I know. And once again, this episode is continuing this trend that we've seen where like season three does a really great job of calling back to what it already showed us 
right? They really thought out this whole season. So Buffy says that I know that you don't like talking about Faith. And Willow's like, nah, doesn't bother me. No big deal. And then Buffy points out that the pencil that Willow was floating is now violently spinning. And then it jams itself into a nearby tree, which could have been a human being. It's very dangerous. Yeah. And Buffy just says, emotional control. And Willow says, working on it. So clearly, <laughs> Faith is a trigger of sorts for Willow right now. I wonder why that is. Why do you think that is, Kara? Um... I don't know, maybe Faith like stole her lunch money or something. Credits roll. We're in Snyder's office. Hi, Snyder. It's been a while. It's been a couple episodes since we've seen this guy. And he's talking to Willow and this jock man, this jock boy. And he says, this is a marriage in heaven. <laughs> and I really like the scene because he says that Will he's like, Willow Rosenberg, despite her unsavory associations, represents the pinnacle of academic achievement at Sunnydale High. Percy West represents a devastating fast break and 50% from behind the three-point line. So <laughs> I, I want to go on the record as saying, I don't know what that means. Football? <laughs> That was about my reaction, yeah. yeah. Um, surely he's not on the swim team. Uh, but basically, he says, Willow's got the brain. This guy, Percy, has the fast break. Match made in heaven. And Willow says, you want us to breed? Ugh, Willow, get your mind out of the gutter, girl. <laughs> so funny. You're not even evil yet in this episode. Snyder does not want them to breed. He wants them, her to tutor him uh, because he's flunking history and nothing motivates him. And Percy says he's challenged. And Snyder says, you're lazy, self-involved, and spoiled. Quite the challenge. <laughs> oh, Snyder coming out swinging. But basically, he wants, they need a winning year, he says. And I was like, well, you didn't have a winning year last year because the swim team all <laughs> swam away <laughs> to the ocean. So there, you know, Snyder's supplying our obligatory <laughs> go fish reference. <laughs> Thanks, Snyder. Uh, and Willow says that she's got a lot of work to do. She's like, come up with excuses not to do it. But basically, Snyder will not say, take no for an answer. He like guilts her into doing it. And so she's going to do it. This is the second time Snyder has taken advantage of Willow because his school's not funded properly, right? Like, so in season two, Willow took over Jenny Callender's class for several months, at least. She was the teacher. And I bet she was not getting paid for that, and she was not qualified to do that. And even if they did pay her, they probably did not pay her what she deserved. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she was being exploited to teach a bunch of students, and now Snyder's doing the exact same thing with tutoring Percy. He's like, you have to give back to the community. It's like, hasn't she already done that for you, Snyder? Seriously. And also, it's funny because, uh, you know, remember in Go Fish, our fave, uh, she, he asked Willow underhandedly to cheat and to pass yeah. the jocks. And here he's not asking her to cheat. He's just saying tutor this guy. But the implications are still there from their last conversation. So, of course, Willow's uncomfortable with this. So Willow and Buffy are in the library talking about this. And Willow's basically saying, like, she's going to do it. But she just really doesn't like how Snyder bullies people. And he just assumes everyone's time is his. And that's when Giles comes out of his office and he says, Willow, get on the computer. I want you to take another pass at, at accessing the mayor's files. And Willow's just like, OK, <laughs> and goes to do it. And uh, we can already see this trend now, right? So she's uncomfortable with, with Faith right now. Snyder's telling her what to do. Giles is telling her what to do. So th these are the patterns that we're starting to see at the beginning of this episode. That's when uh, Faith and Wesley come in and she had just gone through her physical assessment, which apparently was just running, running around, probably through the hallways. <laughs> and my question is, Kara, 
what are these two doing at school and why is no one stopping them? Good question. <laughs> Neither Wesley nor Faith attend the school as students or teachers or faculty. So the fuck. Can you imagine if Wesley tried to pose as a student? Can you imagine? Well, <laughs> to be fair, he's not that far off from some of the other students who look equally his age. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, so Wesley's all sweaty. He's like severely out of breath from this run. And Giles asks him if he's if he can take Buffy out next or should Giles. And Wesley says, no, no, he just needs a Sounds minute. Sounds like they're taking their dogs for a walk. <laughs> That's kind of how they're treating they're them. bitches. But, okay, and this is my next question. So, yeah, the Stilliers are going through this series of trials and tests, just like what you and I talked about earlier was likely because of the shenanigans that happened over the past couple days. So we're reassessing everything. But why is Giles helping like this? Like, like you know, I can take out the next one. It's like he's still doing his job. He's still part of this, you I know? know? We've got all these people working for free. <laughs> Know your worth, people. <laughs> All this pro bono work for the Watchers Council. Also, my other question then is, remember last episode, Wesley betrayed the Scooby gang and he betrayed Faith. And, and he had a reason to do it. He was trying to do the right thing, but it blew up in his face and they all abandoned him in the library. And now they're going about back about it like nothing happened. So where's Wesley's consequence? I think what we've learned is that if you do something in the name of the Watchers Council, you're just going to get forgiven next episode. <sighs> So true. I mean, he didn't drug Buffy, <laughs> sap her of her energy, I guess. He just made a wrong choice. I, I don't know. I think know. you just need to be able to say the Watchers Council made me do it, and you're fine. They're just like a hunker. Oh, okay. You should have said that before. Okay. Huh. <sighs> so um, so they decide that Wesley's going to take out Buffy for her fitness test, and Faith says, you'll love it, B. It's just like fun, only boring. <laughs> and I liked that line. But Giles, no one laughs. And Giles reminds Faith that the evaluation is a necessary part of the council, dot, dot, dot. And Faith is like, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm just shooting my mouth. You know, I'm just, hmm. And Buffy walks past Faith and Faith gives her a little, like, good luck as she passes. So the vibe is very cold toward Faith right now. I think everyone's still on edge with what she she did and they know she's a little bit unstable. Knowing what we know about Faith in the very next scene after this, it's, like, interesting to me that Faith says that to Buffy. And I don't know if at this point she's pretending or she literally meant it to be like, you know, good luck. It's hard It's hard for me to, to figure out. I interpreted it as that coldness. I thought she was giving Buffy the cold shoulder. You know, I think Faith really sees Buffy as the one who got her caught. And if Buffy hadn't, you know, really intervened, Faith would have got away, right? She was going to skip town. It's just kind of like, you know, she's over it because we know, and we're going to see this again in a moment, right? Like Faith has already pretty much switched sides in a way. Mm -hmm. she, she's given up on Buffy and the Scoobies. And I think she's only hanging around because she knows that if she ditches them completely at this point, Buffy will come after her and that's going to cause more questions. And, you know, Faith is playing a longer game. Okay. So you think when she says like, you know, good luck to Buffy when she's passing her, it's like not angsty. It's more just like, just played my role. No, like I think it's, her showing that she's not a fan of Buffy. Mm. Oh, okay. You read you it know? more like antagonistically. 
Yes. Okay. Hmm, interesting. So uh, they leave. Willow is on the computer and Faith goes to her and she's like, what are you doing? And Willow clearly hates her guts, but she's like, I'm just trying to access the mayor's personal files. And he, you know, he's got some tricky barriers set up, but I'll eventually get through because she's a hacker girl. And Faith just is like, ooh, okay, okay, okay. And then cut to the next scene and Faith is snitching to the mayor. She's with the mayor and they're in some new condo, some new apartment. And she's telling him that about what Willow did. And the mayor's kind of like, okay, that's interesting. But let's talk about this apartment, okay? The mayor bought, or rented at least, Faith, this like awesome apartment. It's enormous. It's and It's got- really good. Like I would turn evil for this apartment. I don't blame Faith at all. Oh, hell yeah. It's like fully furnished. It's got a PlayStation. It's got a PlayStation. And the mayor's telling her, because she's like exploring it. And he's like, no slayer of mine is going to live in some flea bag motel. There are immoral liaisons going on there. And Faith is like, yeah, plus all the screwing. <laughs> Which I agree. That is a very funny line. But it's also another reminder to us that Faith is less educated than Buffy, because something we established very early on in the series is that Buffy is quite smart, despite not being your traditional academic like Willow. You know, we've seen time and again, Buffy knows things. And here, Faith is showing us her lack of formal education. You know, she's probably a a chronic high school dropout. I don't know how many high schools she's been to, right? Like, She's probably just kind of turned her back on that kind of formal schooling. She's a smart person. But, you know, when he says, when the mayor says they're moral liaisons, Faith just doesn't know what that means. <laughs> and as in her own thing, I didn't think I didn't think that was sarcasm on her, on her part. I thought that was genuine, genuinely like she just didn't understand what he was saying. And it's just the show reminding us that, you know, these two slayers are quite different people. Yeah. And I, I love that we're getting this dynamic between Faith and the mayor. And we're going to see more of this. And it's like some of my favorite parts of season three is their relationship and the what they're building together. And what you just said about Faith differing herself from Buffy in this way, I really think that through her relationship with the mayor, we get even more into her character and into her background and what she's comfortable with. And that's shown for me in this scene in the very next line where after she jumps on the bed with her shoes on like a monster, (laughs) uh, she runs over to the mayor and she kind of like comes at him suggestively as Faith does and says, thanks, sugar daddy. And the mayor automatically is not amused by that. And he's like, I'm a family man, you know? I think it's just so interesting that Faith, who very likely has never gotten anything nice from a man or from a member of the opposite sex without having to give him a little something in return. So she's just been given this hell and ice apartment and her immediate reaction is to come on to him. And call him a sugar daddy, as in like, okay, like let's let like here's my payment, right? And he uh, he shuts it down right away because he's mm-hmm. not interested in that from her. That's not what he wants in payment from her, and she's never had that before. So from there, he jumps right into now. Let's kill your little friend. <laughs> by which he means Willow. But, yeah, he means Willow by that because Willow's hacking into a system. And again, I think this is just so great, this relationship, because, yeah, he's not asking for sex, but he's asking for something else. Yeah. 
And at the same time, um, he's saying, I'm a family man, like no slayer of mine will sleep in a piece of shit hotel and like shoes off the bed, shoes off the bed. Now let's murder your friend. Like that's why this character is so cool. <laughs> like that's what makes the mayor so captivating because you just don't know what he's going to say. And when he says it, I don't hate him for saying it. I think it's fascinating. <laughs> so Faith looks really concerned by that. Like it's like too much too soon. And the mayor knows. So he says, I'm not going to ask you to do it. That's too early in our relationship. Besides, I think a vampire attack would look less suspicious. So Faith is still looking unsure, like very concerned about that. And then he just changes the topic and says, some lucky girl has herself a PlayStation. And Faith genuinely jumps for joy. <laughs> like she's I mean, so excited. You? Like even if you're not a gamer, right? It's just like, oh, you know, it's like a... An expensive electronic toy. But like this is also emotional manipulation on a different level for the mayor, right? Yeah. It's the sandwich effect, the shit sandwich effect. Here's something really great. New apartment. I'm taking you out of the dump. And then you're, we're going to kill your friend. Oh, you're uncomfortable with that? PlayStation, <laughs> right? So he's got, he's really good at what he's doing. Let's cut to the hallway of school where Oz and Willow are talking and he says, there's something about you that's causing me to hug you. It's like I have no will of my own. And we need to once again remember that Oz is the perfect boyfriend. And I'm sorry, Willow doesn't deserve him. <laughs> and I say this because I know this is a Willow-centric episode. But I say this because last episode, she was bawling her eyes out because Xander lost his virginity to Faith. Yeah, that was weird. And I don't, yeah, this this scene struck me as weird between Oz and Willow. I... it. I don't know if it's just meant to remind us of how close they're supposed to be so that later on in the bronze, things make more sense. But I, I didn't under, understand what Oz was doing here. Like, they're just supposed to be close. <laughs> Is that the point of the scene? Yeah. To reestablish, remember that Willow has a boyfriend who she said she loves very much and tried really hard to get back, but then she's still all over Xander because that's just what the season called for. Like, I don't know. But yeah, I agree with you. Anyway, like, yeah, this is a weird scene. Oz is very sweet in it. And I think they have a really, the, my favorite quote from this scene is when Willow says that she wishes she could have seen Oz play at their, they had a gig in Monterey. And Oz says, well, I didn't figure you from missing school. And she says, you think I'm boring. <laughs> and Oz is like, I call that a radical interpretation of the text. And I think that's so funny because i do that all the time with my partner where he'll say something and i'll be like oh you think i'm fat or something like that he'd be like that's so not yeah, what i said you're you're doing it in jest i think willow's being serious here <laughs> for sure uh and as oz leaves he's saying that he has we're playing at the bronze tonight you want to come and will's like i got homework <laughs> so they leave and they hold hands until they part and oz goes into some random room but yeah, we're just establishing that they're still together. They're still cute, I think. And that's, that's that. Um, outside, Willow's catching up to Percy the jock. And she's trying to organize when they should get together to work on his Roosevelt paper. And he basically tells her, Snyder said that you were going to do it. And she's uh. like, no, I wasn't. And he cuts her off and he says, I can't do it at lunch because I have to hang out. <laughs> so just type it up, put my name on it, but don't type too good because that's a dead giveaway. And he leaves her there. And so here we go. So Willow's being told what to do from all these men in her life. And her own boyfriend thinks she's boring, even though he doesn't think that. And she sits down on this bench. And this poor girl pulls out a banana from her backpack and says, I'm eating this now. It's not lunchtime. I don't even care. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> this is her rebellion is to eat her snack too early. And Xander and Buffy join her. Xander is asking if she taped something for, for class. And she says she did. And Buffy says, I told you, old reliable. And Willow takes immediate offense to this. And she's like, old reliable? Great. There's a sexy nickname. <laughs> And Buffy's trying to take it back. She's like, I didn't mean it as a bad thing. And Xander's trying to help her out. And it's just too late, though. Willow stands up and she says, maybe I don't want to be reliable all the time. Maybe I'm not just some doormat person, homework gal. (laughs) So before she leaves, Willow had said, maybe I'll change my look and cut class. You don't know. And then she says, I've eaten this banana. Lunchtime be damned. So Buffy tries to stop her as she storms off, um, but it doesn't work. Willow's like, I can't storm off if you fu- if you come with me. You know, I can't be dramatic if you're here. It's a good point. Yeah, it is. Uh, so she leaves, and um, I want to note here, because I didn't bring it up earlier. I, I'm sorry. I really don't like what she's wearing. I think it's very purposeful that they put her in an outfit like this. I agree. But it's, it's an awful outfit, and it takes us right back to season one Willow. Like, she's definitely moved on no, from this. this is worse than se- season one Willow had some good looks, personally, yes. I think. No, no, I agree. Uh, this is this next is, level. This is like ugly sweater territory. It, it's hideous. It's got those sunflowers. It's like pink and fluffy. It's got like a square in the middle. <laughs> like, And then she's got the white tights with, ugh, it's just not a good look. In the hallway, Anya approaches Willow. And she says, I'm Cordelia's friend. And Willow's like, oh, fun. (laughs) Shade to Cordelia. So Anya says she has a little project she's working on. And Willow was the one to ask. And Willow says, yeah, that's me. Uh, Old reliable. And Anya says that it's a spell that she's working on. And of course... Of course, this perks Willow's interest right the hell up because she's addicted to magic, everybody. Well, and she's lost Amy, right? Like she still has Michael to hang out with, but Amy's a rat. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So she's probably kind of Jones in for other people to do magic with. Yeah. And also, like, we spent the last two episodes of her being watching Buffy go through this bad girl phase and how Willow was completely outcasted from that, didn't get to be part of a little rebellion. Her rebellion is through magic and she sees an opportunity here. So she takes it. She's like, I like the black arts. So Anya's like, okay, well, I need to create, like, I need a secondary to create a temporal fold. (laughs) And I heard you were a pretty powerful Wicca. And ooh, Anya knows what to say to get Willow to do it. And she's like, you're right, mister. I'm always ready to work some dark mojo. So she asks if it's dangerous. Anya says, no. Willow says, can we pretend it is? Ooh. So they go to an empty classroom, presumably right after they spoke. Like they went to the first empty classroom they could find. And Anya and Willow are sitting in this circle. There's like a, you know, which stuff is everywhere, ingredients, materials. And there's a drawing of Anya's necklace on a dinner plate. And Anya saying it's a family heirloom and it was stolen from her mom's apartment. That's how she's getting Willow to buy the story. And she explains what the spell does, where you call on Erishan, Erishan, the endless one. You offer up a standard supplication and then there's a teensy temporal fold. And then Anya will pour the sacred sand on the representation of the necklace, the plate. And then the demon will bring forth from the time and place it was lost. So Will's like, great, let's do this. So they both start speaking Latin. As they're doing the spell, things light up and magic swirls in front of them. And Willow gets a little peek into the alternate reality that we summarized for you Previously earlier. Previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
previously on The Wish. Um, she sees it all. She sees Vampire Willow, she's Oz, Angry Buffy, all of them in the in the uh, alternate reality. And then the the sand that Anya pours out does not go on the plate. It goes through. Uh, Willow's hands onto the plate. So they snap out of it. Oh, sorry. And just as we see Vampire Willow about to get pushed into her fate, that that jagged wooden cage <laughs> and dusted, she disappears. Willow and Anya um, snap out of it. And Willow's like, what was that? And Anya's looking at the plate and she's like, it's not here. It's not here. <laughs> like she's freaking out. And Willow's like, okay, this is a little blacker than I like my arts. And Anya's like super rude about it. She's like, don't be a wimp. And Willow says that that wasn't just some temporal fold. That was some weird hell place. And I don't think you're telling me everything. Smart girl. And yeah, and Anya's just like, I'm looking for my necklace. That's all. She's like, well, we'll do it again. And Willow's like, I'm not doing it with you. And Anya's like, yeah, but I can't do it by myself. And Willow's like, well, that's a relief. <laughs> and Anya says like, fine, go. You idiot child. <laughs> and Willow picks up her chicken feet and she's like, I believe these are mine. <laughs> and this is a really good line here because she's like, magic is dangerous. It's not to be toyed with. Now, if you excuse me, I have someone else's homework to do. <laughs> and she leaves. And Anya screams, nothing, and smashes the plate because she's upset. Anya needs to take an anger management course. Anya, I have so many questions about Anya because like, what has she been doing the last couple of weeks or months? School. Where, yeah, but where does she live? How does she feed herself? Does she work too? Seems weird that she would go to school and not just start in the workforce. She's at the same know? motel as Faith. <laughs> she's next door. She's the one having all of the sex. She, <laughs> she, she's, she's the one who constantly uses the ice machine. Oh, damn. I hate those people. <laughs> How much ice could you possibly need? So we cut to the warehouse in Sunnydale that where that same wooden cage is there. Why would it still be there? What? I had the same thought. I'm like, it's very convenient that this version of the warehouse looks exactly the same, right down to the same broken parts of the cage. Right? It's so bizarre. Um, and Vampire Willow, in her tight leather outfit, is there. And she's like, this is weird. <laughs> so... Oh my gosh, Vampire Willow is loose in the streets, but they're not the streets that she is used to. There's people wearing bright colors. <laughs> There's laughing children, shoppers, civilization. And she growls at an old lady. And then she goes to the bronze and there's a singer singing there. And I think we might, we should know who the singer is. I don't know who it is. <laughs> yeah, we probably should. My first reaction was like, wait, didn't Oz say he was performing? And I, I, I know they come up later, but at the time I was just like, this isn't Oz's bad. We want Oz's bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't worry. He's coming. Vampire Willow's wandering around and she's super upset because last time she was at the bronze, there were people chained up and there's like horny times. This is all this is a party, a vampire party. Percy approaches her and he, he's like, Rosenberg? What are you, trick-or-treating? <laughs> like this guy. And he's like, you're supposed to be home doing my history report. I flunked this class. You're in big trouble with Snyder. Till we graduate, I own your ass. And my question is, Percy, like, what really is this threat? Because <laughs> Willow's already been accepted to every major university in the country and in other countries. So what does she fear from Snyder? I, yeah, I mean... He, I don't know, he could take away her locker privileges. Like, I, I believe that Snyder could make things difficult for her. Would he bother? Probably he's a petty bitch. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I also think the the line, are you trick-or-treating, is a callback to Halloween, right? Because Willow dressed like a slut on Halloween. Yeah, it's, it's well, it's true. And I actually had a comment about that later because I think Willow refers to herself, to her vampire self, as skanky. And mm-hmm. I was like, uh, to be honest, Willow, you looked more skanky last Halloween. <laughs> like, <laughs> if we're going to be throwing skank around the word. Um, anyway, Willow says bored now and she pushes him not onto the pool table, like over the pool table (laughs) with her strength. And she walks over to him and while saying, I'm having a terrible night. And she picks him up by the neck and says, want to make it better. And Xander's at the bronze and he sees from far away and he thinks that Percy's attacking Willow. So he runs to her defense and kind of throws her off him, not knowing it was the opposite way. Um, And he says, back off. You stay the hell away from her. And Percy's like, okay. And he scampers away. (laughs) Good job defending your woman, Xander. God, Oh, yeah. I guess you can look at it that way. It's like, Xander, no one needs your help. So Willow says, Xander. And she walks up to him. Like, Xander takes in her her appearance first and says, changing the look, not an idle threat with you. And then she starts, like, nuzzling him. And Xander's like, this is verging on naughty touching here. And then he's like, let's not fall back on bad habits. Then he's like, hands, hands in new places and pushes her away. Which I gotta say, like, this is growth for Xander because I feel like a few episodes ago he would have been too into it. Well, maybe he's got a bigger appreciation for Oz now. I don't know. Maybe him and Oz are like buddies who talk about Superman and talk about being cool. You know, I don't know. Willow says, you're alive. And Xander's like, yeah, you mentioned that, like, says, yeah, you mentioned that before. Are you okay? And she says, no, everything's different. And that's when Buffy shows up and she thinks that Xander's talking to someone different. He's like, aren't you going to introduce me to your, holy God, you're Willow. (laughs) (laughs) Buffy's so funny. So Willow's just like, you. And Buffy's like, you know what? I like the look. It, 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 it's extreme, but it looks good. You know, it's a, it's a leather thing. And uh, did I say extreme already? <laughs> Buffy is clearly at a loss for words here. And this is hilarious. And like, you can tell she's trying to be supportive, but she really has no clue how to do it. And I think that's what I love about this scene. And so many of the scenes to come is the way it's constructed and the dramatic irony that we as the viewers know what's going on and Buffy and Xander are just so totally clueless. Mm, It's so good, right? Buffy's like, the only possibility in her mind at this point is, oh my God, Willow has really taken the new look thing to an extreme, but she's my best friend, so I gotta be supportive. And it's just like, uh, like you can see it from that point of view and you know that's not the case. You're just like, oh, oh, Buffy. (laughs) Sweet, sweet Buffy, I know. And Willow like goes up to her face and she's like, I don't like you. And Buffy's like so hurt by that. And she's like, look, I'm sorry about today. You know, my foot likes to live in my mouth, which is so true. And she's like, you you didn't need to go and prove anything to me though. And Willow starts to leave. She's like leaving now. And she goes to go. And Buffy goes to grab her arm and says like, Willow, wait. And Willow turns around in her vamp face. And she's like, get off me. And then she gets rid of the face and walks out of the club. And Buffy and Xander are shocked and this is why this episode is so interesting to me because like they deal they think willow died right in in the next couple scenes and 
because we know she's not dead. We know like that the emotional impact is is not going to be there for the audience because we are aware that there's a doppelganger in town. Uh, but it's just interesting watching them mourn Willow, right? Like our sweet Willow, best friend Willow, MVP Willow of the group. Um, we get to watch them mourn her for a, for a little bit, and well, it's not sad <laughs> to me. No, it's, it's not. Weird. Yeah. And- I think that's what's so important about this is the writers are deliberately not trying to write it as a sad, mournful scene. If Willow were really to die, I don't think this is how the writers would write this sequel scene where they've you know gathered to tell Giles and stuff. Like They're clearly writing it to sound really funny to us. And that's what I enjoy is because th- this is a show where characters die, right? We went through that last season with Jenny. And when that happens, it is a traumatic thing, both for the other characters and also for us as the audience. So I appreciate that this show has the capability to also have these very lighthearted and humorous moments where it's like the characters are supposed to be mourning their friend's death, but we know the person's not dead. And they're also not reacting quite how they would if the person were really dead because it's meant to be played for laughs. And it's a subtle thing, but you're right. Mm-hmm. It's the way they're acting. Um, it's just got that melodrama to it. And I just think it's really fun. Yeah, I agree. Um, we cut to the alleyway where Vampire Willow is um, being approached by other vampires. And they're like, Willow Rosenberg? And they attack I like her. how they like try to confirm the full name, right? They don't want to jump another Willow coming out of the bronze. Can you imagine if another Willow was there and she came yeah. out like 10 minutes earlier and they're like, Willow Rosenberg? And she's like, no, Willow Smith. And they're like, go on. Like they're being very thorough. Yeah, I I think this is really sloppy of the mayor and Faith to just send a vampire crew after Willow willy-nilly. Like, like she usually goes to the bronze with Buffy. When would she ever leave alone? Maybe they'd be tracking her for a little bit and they know she's alone. Um, but they don't know it's her. Willow Rosenberg? <laughs> that, that, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, um, I mean, you, you, you have to understand, right? The mayor has now lost Alan and Mr. Trick in short Ugh. order. Like, he's kind of at a loss here. This is probably the smartest vampire he's got around at the moment. <laughs> I know. And, like, Vampire Willow takes him out so quickly. And she has him on the ground with his arm in, like, a lock. Like, she's going to break it. And she asks him who you work for. And he's like, I'm not telling you. So she breaks one of his fingers. And then she's like, who do you work for? And he's like, Wilkins, the mayor. And then she breaks another finger. And <laughs> she's like, who do you work for? And he's like, you (laughs) hey he only got it after three uh sorry two broken fingers which i love i love that she didn't care who he works for she's just like no that's not the answer i'm looking for try again (laughs) i know and then she tells him to get his friends bring them back to the bronze the world's no fun anymore we're gonna make it the way it was he looks excited by this too he's like finally somebody who lets me indulge my passion instead of sending me to confirm people's names (laughs) yes Seriously, trailing high school kids all day. <laughs> so we cut to um, Xander, Buffy, and Giles. Uh, Xander and Buffy entering the library, and Giles comes out and he's like, Well, what is it? Because they look stone faced, right? Cut to the three of them on the library stairs, sadly. Like we said, like, like we were saying, 
they're dealing with the death of Willow's huge deal, but we as the audience are not there with them. So it does come across as melodramatic and it is really funny, but it's so weird. And Xander's saying like, this isn't real. And Buffy's like, I can't feel anything. Arms, legs. And Giles is like, she was truly the finest of all of us. And Xander says, way better than me. And Giles (laughs) says, much, much better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Please speak the truth. Finally, Xander, speaking the truth. He knows. Giles is the fucking best. Just much, much better. <laughs> this is so funny. Like, this, this is what I meant when I said this is the episode we needed after Consequences, right? Because Consequences was just so incredibly dark. And this episode, despite having, like, some serious stuff going on, is just so fun. So funny. The actors are having fun with what they're talking about. Like... I, I don't know how to describe it if you haven't watched it yet. So go back and watch the episode, please, because I was in a bit of a rough mood before I started watching it. And by the end of this episode, I'm like, how could I be depressed after watching this? <laughs> You're like, this is fucking fantastic. <laughs> this writing. Um, Xander and Buffy are blaming themselves, right? Buffy's like, well, I'm the one that called her reliable. She must have gone and out and got attacked. And she wouldn't have done that if I called her reliable. And I was like, poor Buffy, like calling someone reliable is not an insult, you know? And that's when Willow, pink fluffy Willow walks in and she's like, hey guys, what's going on? And they're all staring at her and she's like, geez, who died? Oh God, who died? (laughs) So Xander runs up to her with the cross in his hand and he's like, back, back you demon. (laughs) And... Willow's just staring at him, right? And Xander, this is really funny acting on um, Nicholas Brendan's part, where he like shakes the cross as if like checking the batteries, right? Like it's not working. Oh, the cross is on the fritz again. (laughs) I knew I shouldn't have gotten this cheap electric version. (laughs) There are a couple of physical comedy slash gags in this in this episode that are fucking great, and that was one of them. And um. Buffy says, Willow, you're alive. And Willow's like, aren't I usually? And Buffy goes and gives her a giant hug. And Xander joins them. It's like a big group hug. And Willow's really confused. And she's like, I love you guys too. But like, I can't breathe. It's a cute scene. Like the way that they went from mourning her to hugging her so tightly. I, I just, I wanted to hug her too. Just part of it. Well, so did Giles. Because as soon as they backed up, Giles like, tackles her with a hug because she looked to him to be like Giles like what are these two doing and he just hugs her like gives her this giant hug and then he backs up he's like sorry sorry (laughs) yeah don't touch the students don't touch the students don't touch the students but that was really fucking sweet and you're right like I think that's why like seeing them take her in and like the uh, like it's, it's just nice and this episode overall is really nice for, to reaffirm to everybody why Willow is so precious and valuable to this group and they were taking advantage of him not not so much Buffy and, and Xander at the moment but for sure like they're we're showing how Willow can easily be overlooked and taken advantage of at the same time so uh as they're backing up and they're just staring at her they're all standing really close to her because obviously they're relieved that she's alive and she's like did you guys all happen to do a bunch of drugs (laughs) and xander tells her like we saw you at the bronze you're a vampire and i love the the offense that willow takes to this where she's like i'm not a vampire (laughs) 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 and um buffy says no you were and she's like giles like can you jump in with an explanation anytime soon? And Giles is like, something, uh, something very strange is happening. <laughs> and Xander says, can you believe the Watcher's Council let this guy go? 
right? So that's another good line from Xander. I also just want to point out that once again, the series is playing fast and loose with how long it takes to turn somebody into a vampire. You know, we've had times where it seems to be in this overnight process and then they dig their way out of their grave or whatever. And then previously in Helpless, we saw apparently it just takes a couple of hours. I guess that's the rule in this episode, too, because it hasn't been that long since Buffy and Xander saw Willow in the quad before lunch. So she must have been turned into a vampire after school and then, you know, like found a new outfit and stuff right away. (laughs) Like this is a very tight timeline. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you. Um I don't think we'll ever get a reason for why some people get to be buried and rise up from the ground and why some people takes an hour, you know? Back at the bronze, Anya's trying to order a beer from the bartender and color me shocked that they serve alcohol at this bar. Like, I am shook by that. And the bartender's like, ID. (laughs) The one server at the bronze who cards and Anya gets him. I bet all the other servers don't bother, but it's just this one guy. He's a hater. He's just a hater. And she's like, I'm 120 years old. Just give me a freaking beer. 1120. <laughs> oh, sure. What did I say? 120. <laughs> I can't count. Um, and he's just like, ID. <laughs> so she's like, give me a Coke. Like, God, God fucking damn it. And on stage, Oz and Mitch are there, a.k.a. Devin. And they're about to play and Angel approaches. And I was like, blessed be the day that we get an Angel and Oz scene. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what a fucking treat for me. I was so excited. Um, Angel's looking for Buffy, naturally. And Oz says, well, she's supposed to show tonight. And that's when a group of vampires enters the bronze. Look, And they're looking to cause some ruckus. They're looking to wrestle as Jack O'Toole would say. And people are screaming. And the vampire's like, everybody, shut up! <laughs> Same one that shouted, Will Rosenberg! <laughs> he says, nobody cause any trouble or try to leave and nobody gets hurt. And Angel and Oz are doing some, you know, some commentary on this. Angel's like, why don't I believe him? And Oz is like, he lacks credibility. Because <laughs> he just threw somebody across the room. Yeah, seriously. And Oz asks if uh, Angel can can escape and i think we need backup and angel says the skylight on the roof i can escape from there but i think i'm needed here and then what's this vampire willow enters the bronze and she's like look everyone's all afraid it's just like old times and oz is like what his facial expression is like I think it's shock. It's hard because he doesn't emote. <laughs> but he just, he, it's its his tone to me, right? He steps forward. He, he's looking at her. And then he just says, go get Buffy to Angel. Like he, he orders it almost. Mm-hmm. So Angel climbs a rope. <laughs> like he just starts climbing ropes and gets up to that skylight and leaves. Devin's like, check out your girlfriend. It would be very convenient if he could fly, like in the movie, right? Yeah, seriously, if he could just like float right up to the to this catwalk up there. Um, this is weird. This is weird to me. This is a little inconsistency that I would like cleared up. Willow approaches this girl who's sitting at a table. The weirdest thing about it is that the girl didn't like leave the table. Like she didn't like, when all the ruckus was happening, she didn't like run to the side of the I wall. I think she's in shock. She looks like she's just sitting there waiting for her drink to arrive, you know? And... Willow like takes her. She's like, "What's her? What's your name?" And she's like, "Sandy." <laughs> 
shouldn't say it like that. That's just, you know, my my opinion. And Willow takes her hand and she get, gets her to stand up and she's saying, don't be afraid just to please me. If you're all good boys and girls, we'll make you young and strong forever and ever. We'll have fun. Then she chooses to lick Sandy's neck. Uh. I know. And she's like, if you're not. And then she turns into, she gets her fan face on and then she starts sucking Sandy's blood. She like she, she bites her, and Oz is tr- is like r- tries to run and help her, but she but he can't. He's stopped by the other vampires, and then I think Willow kills her and drops her body to the ground, saying like questions, comments. Did 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 she kill Sandy? Yes, Sandy did. This is a plot hole for me, and like I, they maybe they turned her into a vampire after. Who knows? Willow killed somebody at the bronze in front of in front of let's say fifty people. <laughs> and there's no fallout from that? Well, to be fair, how many people there recognized Willow Rosenberg? <laughs> um, you know, she's dressed differently. She's much paler. She's made up. And and do people really notice Willow when she's not like that? So that's mm. kind of how I see it is, you know, of all the people who are there, how many of them know who Willow is? Like Mitch does. Um you know, Oz, Angel, but like how many of the other people at the bronze really know who she is? How many of them recognize her? So I see what you're saying, but I feel like it's, it's, you know, we can chalk it up to Willow being pretty forgettable and blending into the crowd. Mm, Good point. Good point. Uh, Oz goes up to Willow and says, you don't want to do this. And Willow's like, don't I? But I'm so good at it. And he asks her who did this to her. And she says, I know you. You're a white hat. How come you're talking to me like we're friends? Remember, a white hat were people who were good in the other alternate universe. So Anya comes up behind Willow and says, he thinks you're someone else, the Willow that belongs in this reality. You know this isn't your world, right? I mean, you know you don't belong here. And Willow says... No, this is a dumb world. In my world, there are people in chains and we can ride them like ponies. And I was like, sexual pony play? What's good? What in the world? This, this show sometimes, I'm telling you. This, there's, a, there's a comment about this later too. Like, you know, just like gets super sexual and like dirty. But I was like, p- p- pony play? <laughs> uh, I lost it at that. So... Anya says, you want to go back there? So do I. Ooh. So in the library, Willow is saying this is creepy about the fact that there's a vampire version of her. And Buffy's saying, no, like it's it's you. Like it's every detail except you're not a dominatrix as far as we know. And Willow says, right, me and Oz played Mistress of Pain every night. And that's the other sexual reference that came right after the pony comment. <laughs> and everybody's uncomfortable when she says that like giles and xander and buffy they're all like oh god (laughs) well because xander says am i the only one who like got a a, an unwelcome image in my head and buffy's like nope giles like nope you're not the only one right like all three of them are imagining willow as an actual dominatrix and i'm just like that's not healthy no it's not and again like another thing that the show gets away with saying Right? There's a couple comments throughout the season where we're like, whoa, I can't believe like the censors were just like, yep, say it. And then Angel. Oh my God. I love Angel in this scene because he runs in. He's like out of breath for some reason, (laughs) some unknown reason because he doesn't breathe. But he comes in and he's so like upset because he has to tell Buffy that her best friend's dead. He's like, Buffy, I look, something's happened. Willow's dead. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then he looks to his right and he sees Willow there and he's like, oh, hey, Willow. Then he's like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the perfect delivery. I don't know how many takes they had to do of that, but like the blocking and his pauses and just the casual <laughs> way he's like, yeah, hey, Willow. It's just, it kills me every <laughs> single time. I know. He says something else later that like fucking cracked me up. Like Angel is in his prime right now. And then he says, um, Buffy says, yeah, like like the, when he takes it all in, Xander's like, join the club. And Buffy's like, yeah, we saw her too. And Angel's kind of, he just kind of takes it in. He's just like, okay, well, she's there now with other vampires and they're, they're looking to party. <laughs> so the Scoobies spring into action. They, they, what they need to do is stop the feeding frenzy at the bronze before they figure out where she is, like, or wh- where she came from. And Angel's giving them the rundown. He's like, there's eight to 10 vamps. And Giles says very specifically that they don't want Faith to join. They're not going to go get Faith to help because they don't want her around civilians. And Xander says, here, here. And I was like, hmm. So as they're leaving the library, Willow says, what are you going to do with me? <laughs> And Buffy says, well, we have to stop them, Willow. Like, I don't know. And suddenly Willow gets this idea and she runs back to the library. And at first I wasn't sure what she had to go back and get. But I think I'll fill you in at the end of the scene. Okay. So as she leans over, she comes back up and Vampire Willow has snuck into the library. That's truly her best talent is sneaking into the library behind people. <laughs> because she grabs Willow from behind and she's like alone at last and willow like gets out of her arms and they look at each other and vampire willow is also disgusted by willow's outfit and she's like look at me i'm all fuzzy (laughs) so she fills her in she's like your little school friend anya said that you're the one who brought me here and she says that you could get me back to my world and wills realizes what she did and she's just like oops and vampire willow says that she likes the idea of the two of them. She's like, I don't know. I kind of like that. Like there's two of us. We could be quite a team if you come around for, to my way of thinking. And she's like seducing herself. Like she's seducing human Willow. And Willow is like, does that mean we have to snuggle? And Vampire uh. Willow licks Willow's neck as well and says, want to be bad. Nope, 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 nope. What are you saying, Kara, that if you're exact... If your alternate reality Kara showed up in this universe, you wouldn't have sex with her? <laughs> is that what you're I, saying? I mean, like many asexual people, the only person I have sex with is myself. But yes, uh, I don't, not in this way. No, I know it's kind of a truism <laughs> that, you know, oh, clone of yourself, you're going to have sex. But it's like um, this, this scene is so incredibly disturbing because of the way they play it, the way they frame it. It's just, oof. I'm uh, I'm gonna nope out of this. Yeah, and like Human Willow even says, like, like I'm getting disturbed. This is really disturbing. Uh, and I, it is interesting that like Vampire Willow brings up, you know, you want to be bad, right? Like I'm a bad girl. You want to be bad. <laughs> so like here's our bad girl theme again. And Willow is like, you're freaking me out. Well, and and but why is being a bad girl always associated with sex, right? Because bad girls don't wait till marriage bad girls have sex on their 17th birthday with their vampire boyfriends yeah we do (laughs) 
<laughs> so Willow um, tries to run away and um, Vampire Willow throws her across the desk. And at, at one point, like right before that, Willow hold, held up a cross and Vampire Willow just like batted it out of her hands. And I think it's so interesting because I was cooking today <laughs> and I was thinking while I was cooking on the stove, I was like, I bet a vampire grabbing a cross is the equivalent of putting your hand on a burner. That's probably what it's like. Yeah, for don't try that at home, kids. Yeah, don't try it at home. Uh, but that's that's kind of like, I'm like, yeah, no one wants to do that. No wonder they avoid it. Uh, anyway, when Willow, Vampire Willow's coming around the corner to go and get Willow, who she threw across to the other side, and as she turns the corner, Willow shoots her with a tranquilizer gun. And then <laughs> Vampire Willow's like, bitch, and <laughs> falls down. So this is what... My question at the beginning of the scene when Willow went back, I think she was getting the train gun. Interesting. I understand how, how you put that together. That's a really clever theory. I thought she was just going back for like something to work a spell. Yeah, I thought, I think that's what I thought at the beginning. And I was like, because I literally watched this episode twice, right? And the first time I was like, they never told us what she was going back to get. But the fact that the train gun was uh, is under the desk, for whatever reason, they keep it... <laughs> Out in the open under the desk there because they can't keep it in the cage because the werewolf's in the cage. You never know when Wesley just starts going off on one of his little like truisms, like sayings, sprees, right? And so you got to trank him really quickly and then you take out the barb and he wakes up and you just, you're just you just like, yeah, you just fell asleep. It's fine. Well, exactly. And remember this, uh, Giles also got shot with his trank gun once. <laughs> so <laughs> Giles should be dead uh, because it takes out Vampire Willow and Werewolf and like whatever else they shoot with, right? <laughs> so anyway, she was going back for the Trank Gun, everybody, because they keep it loosey-goosey underneath the library desk. <laughs> so we cut to um, Angel and Xander who are dragging Vampire Willow into the indestructible cage where nothing uh, ever gets That was gets in my notes, too. I'm like, oh, look, <laughs> it's the cage that definitely nothing can break into or out of. I'm so glad they're using this cage again. <laughs> okay, my question after this, though, too, was, so did they all leave? And Willow's like, I'll catch up. And then they're all standing outside the building waiting for her to, like, join them outside before they all ventured off. <laughs> I agree. It's kind of like a weird kind of like, what's going on? Like, why was she alone? But then they can come back to her like, yeah. cell phones i agree yeah. I, I feel like that i feel like that's a genuine kind of plot hole or continuity issue with this episode and i suspect the writers probably knew it was there and they were just like we're not gonna bother fixing this so i think it's so funny if like they were all just waiting in giles's car <laughs> like the motor's running <laughs> so uh yeah so xander and and angel have shut her up in the cage willow is standing with buffy and she's saying like it's horrible that's me as a vampire i'm so evil and skanky and I think I'm kind of gay. And I think any Buffy fan who's watched the show before, that is a significant line. And I don't think we can get into too much detail about it right now, but we'll have to talk about it in our season three wrap up. But it's an interesting line. And this is where I made the note that I was like, don't call her skanky, Willow. You looked way skankier on Halloween. And if you notice, Vampire Willow, as tight and leather bound as she is, she's covered up. Like, to her wrists and to her ankles. Like, she's completely covered except for maybe a low top, which isn't even that low, to be honest. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, maybe Vampire Willow's just as conservative as Human Willow. It's quite a thing to slut shame yourself, right? <laughs> like, 
Exactly. And I also was like, why would you think you're gay, Willow? Because she hit on you. Like, <laughs> you. who, Yeah, you're a woman, but like, it's you. <laughs> it's like, the, it's you're hitting on yourself. And then clearly, Vampire Willow's also into Vampire Xander and riding other humans like ponies, men and women. So she's like, you know, <laughs> bi- more bisexual than anything I else. I didn't need to be reminded of that. I have <laughs> somewhat of an unrelated question that this goes back to like the cross thing. Um, this goes out to our Jewish listeners. How do we feel about vampire versions of Jewish people being vulnerable to a cross, right? Because a cross is a symbol of Christian faith. So why is it that Christian symbols uh, are vulnerabilities for vampires? Wouldn't a Jewish symbol, like the Star of David or something, wouldn't you want to use that for a Jewish vampire? Like, it, how does that mm. work? I would love to see that. <laughs> Maybe it's like any religious symbol could work. That's true. Maybe they're just biased in favor of crosses. Yeah, because they're like, I don't know, they just, they know exactly the store to go get them at or like whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting question. Please let us know in our hot stakes or on our Discord. Sorry for the tangent there. I just really just popped into my mind. So to get us back to the scene, Buffy's trying to reassure Willow. She's like, don't worry, Willow. You know, the vampire's personality has nothing to do with the person they were. And Angel, and I cannot believe this. I cannot believe this because Angel literally, boy, you did not just try to well actually a woman here. Okay. If it were any other guy on the show, Angel, you'd be out the door right now. We do not hold with mansplaining on this podcast, but I love how Angel's like, well, actually, pushing up his nerd glasses, and then he he reads the room, because he's a smart kid these days, um, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point, but we know what he was going to say. Okay, but is it okay for him to correct her since he is a vampire? That's true. That is true. It's only mansplaining if the person, uh, if the woman you're correcting already knows about it. You're You're, you're right. I just... Because the phrase, well, actually, is just... Yeah. Well, it, actually. It, it's the phrase that's launched a thousand ships of mansplaining. Uh, oh, I just yeah, thought it was sure. so incredibly funny. And I appreciate that Angel, you know, he realized that it was better to be kind than to be correct, which I think a lot of men haven't learned that lesson. <laughs> Not all men, Kara. Uh, but, but I thought this was also interesting, too, uh, because... I don't know. Like, it's just, it's like for him to look at Willow and, and he's like, hey, Willow maybe needs this right now. So I'm just going to be like, no, no, you're, this is a good point. Good point. You're right. You're right. Uh, but I also kind of saw it as Willow made that comment earlier about like, oh, I think she's kind of gay. Angel looks at her and he decides not to continue on and be like, yeah, like that's basically your personality now, uh, you know? That's, real, that's a really nice reading of it. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, I just like uh, Angel didn't want to out her, and I think that's nice. <laughs> that's right. Don't out your friends. Yeah. That's a good call. And you're right. He made a a kind choice. So uh, they need to go to the bronze, right? Because Angel's like, you know, these vampires are waiting for a vampire Willow, but they might still feed because vampires aren't notoriously reliable. Unlike Willow, who's very reliable. <laughs> yeah, Willow's like, I'm I'm not all reliable. <laughs> So they can't charge in because that might lead to casualties. And Buffy's like, I have a very bad idea. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. I love it. And they go. So we cut outside the bronze where Angel's hopping around on crates. <laughs> One can assume that he went to the skylight and like looked in. I don't know. Um, but he says they're all in a holding pattern pattern in there and they must be really afraid of you. And... Enter Human Willow in Vampire Willow's outfit, and she's like, "Oh, it's 
it's binding and I guess vampires really don't have to breathe because it's obviously a corset. She's like very uncomfortable. She's like yeah. moving around trying to figure it out. And I mean, I'd, I would be uncomfortable in an outfit like that. Um, I'd be at home. <laughs> but no, like she, Willow, I think it's funny because she looks down and she sees her own cleavage, which we never see of Willow. And it's like, again, it's not even that bad, but she sees her cleavage and she's like, gosh, look at those. <laughs> and... I do love, I do love a classic twin switcheroo. This episode has it all. Right? <laughs> Who doesn't love when twins switch it up to cause chaos and confusion in, in their storylines? So clearly Willow's going to go in there and pretend to be evil Willow. And Giles is trying to like, he, Giles says, go in there, defuse the situation and try to send as many vampires out here one by one as you can to even up the odds. And Buffy is like, at the first sign of trouble, give the sig signal and we'll come in hard and fast, just like Faith likes to do Ooh, it. <laughs> burn. And Xander, Xander's like, what's the, what's the signal? And Willow's like, it's me, it's me screaming. <laughs> so... Willow tells Buffy not to worry. She won't do anything that could be in interpreted as brave. And Buffy just asserts her. She's like, we'll be right outside. And Willow walks to the door and she's like adjusting her outfit. Like she's so not comfortable wearing it and walking in it. And when she gets to the door, the vampire opens it and she like waves. She's like, hi, I'm back. <laughs> and she walks in and Aunt Anya and the head vampire guy they're standing there watching her and they're like, where's the girl? And Willow's like, I found the girl and I killed her and sucked her blood <laughs> as we vampires do. <laughs> so she, she, she turns to the vampire that opened the door for her and she's like, I think I heard something out there. Why don't you go and check? So he leaves. As soon as he goes outside the door, Buffy and Angel stake him. So... Anya is asking, you know, why did you kill her? She was our best shot at getting you back to your world. And Willow's like, I don't like that you dare question me. Maybe I'll have my minions take you out back and kill you horribly. <laughs> and as she's like walking the floor, she like waves at Oz. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is the worst acting job ever. <laughs> Or is it the best, right? Like, Allison had to get in this scene. The fact that she could go between Sweet Willow and Evil Vampire Willow, that shows her range, right? Oh, no. The actress is doing a great job. Willow Rosenberg is doing a terrible job. I, yes. Yeah, and I'm I surprised that she got away with it for so long. <laughs> like, as we vampires well, I do. I mean, I think we established that the vampire who was her deputy uh, is not the smartest vampire of the bunch. So Willow Rosenberg? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so um willow starts to rant about human willow she rants about herself and the fact that she's she bothered her she's weak and accommodating she's always she's always letting people walk all over her and she gets cranky with her friends for no reason <laughs> such a weird observation evil willow Okay, uh -huh. you got all that in like five minutes. Um, she says to another vampire, she sends another vampire outside to die. And um, the man va vampire says, well, boss, since the pl that plan is out, why don't we get to the killing? So <laughs> here's another great fucking scene. We cut to the library where Vampire Willow is waking up in Willow's pink outfit. Ensemble. So did Willow undress herself? Like, how did this happen? Oh, for sure. For sure. She would have undressed herself. So everybody herself. else had to, like, leave the room while she undressed Possibly herself? Possibly Buffy helped. I'm sure Buffy helped. 
Yeah. <laughs> and but the thing is, like, when Vampire Willow wakes up and she sees the outfit she's wearing, she's like, this is like a nightmare. <laughs> so Cordelia, sweet, lovable, our fave Cordelia comes into the library wearing what I could only describe is a sparkly evening cocktail she, dress. She's dressed up. She's dressed to kill. And uh, we'll find out why. <laughs> well, she's looking for Wesley because she's saying, Wesley, I just happened to stop by for some books. <laughs> I love Cordelia. Again, it's the lack of tact, right? It's like she's not really able to play a role. She's just like, uh, Wesley, hello. <laughs> <laughs> just coming in my, in my evening cocktail dress. And... Um, vampire willow is in the cage and she's like hey you and cordelia's like hey me hey me what i have a name you know and cordelia's like ask uh, she asks willow if she's locked in the book cage and willow's like yeah let me out because i'm so helpless <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it, I, and so now we're seeing bad acting from evil willow right <laughs> she's doing a bad job of being good willow but Cordelia is so self-absorbed that she doesn't pick up on the signs. I do love that Vampire Willow and Human Willow are equally bad at acting. <laughs> so Cordelia is just like, okay, I'll let you out. So she goes and finds a spare key, Giles' spare key, and she's asking her how she got locked in. And Vampire Willow is just like, I was looking at books. I like books because I'm shy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an alien trying to impersonate somebody, right? And if it were anybody other than Cordelia, it would not work. <laughs> it's so funny. And Cordelia's about to open the cage, and we're like, no, because remember, like, va Vampire Willow killed her in the last alternative reality. And she's twisting the key, then all of a sudden she gets an idea, and she stops, and she's like, it occurs to me that you and I have never really had the opportunity to talk, you know, woman to woman, with you locked up. <laughs> wait, 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 Cordelia. So is this normal for you? Do you have woman to woman chats with other women where you lock them up first? Are we learning yeah, something no about Cordelia here? Nowhere for them to go. <laughs> I love that she's taking the opportunity. I love this for Cordelia. And Cordelia's like, hmm, what can we talk about? Hey, what about the ethics of boyfriend stealing? Yes. Fuck yes. Yes. Finally. Finally. Because we've been saying Cordelia got cheated on, then she got punted to the back of the room. Right? We haven't seen much of Cordelia she's since really then. She's really not being used very well in this part of the season, which I think is terrible. And... I love her in, in this part of the episode, although I will say again, it's like, it sucks that they're using her in this way. I would like to see just more Cordelia as a fun character, and we don't get that these days. Yeah, yeah. So this is a treat, but it's also like, okay, Cordelia and Willow do need to talk about what happened. I mean, no one's talked about shit, obviously. Willow and Xander haven't talked to each other. Willow and Oz talked. And now they're moved on from it. But Cordelia and Willow didn't do anything. Willow felt bad about it. Right. And she said, we have to cut Cordelia slack. We did wrong. But did Willow ever go to her face and say, I'm sorry? Right. I don't think she did, which is why Cordelia's like, great, you're locked in a cage. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Love it. Uh, we cut back to the bronze where Willow is trying to like get out of <laughs> the vampires killing everybody where she's like, where's the fun in just like killing everybody? And the vampire's like, with all due respect, boss, the fun would be the eating. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. And the Willows just says, well, maybe we should let everyone go and give them a 30 second head start. 
And that's when Anya finally clues in. And she's like, wait a minute. Nice try. And Willow's like, okay, let's get to the killing. Let's start with her. (laughs) And Anya's like, no, why don't we start with you? If she's a vampire, then I'm the creature of the Black Lagoon. Okay. Okay. This is the next gag in this episode that had me fucking howling. I know. Cordelia's sitting on a chair and she has a mug of tea or coffee, meaning that either at the very beginning of the conversation or right in the middle, she got up and made herself a drink. <laughs> yes. And I love that you mentioned this, right? Because it's the kind of thing where if you're not paying attention, you miss the gag, right? Like they don't mention it at all. But her <laughs> holding the cup and putting it down later, it's like... That's the signal, right, of how long they've been talking. <laughs> and you're right, like, this been is talking. Just cla- yeah, this is, cl- yeah, exactly. It's not <laughs> the two of them. This is a one-sided conversation. It's not a woman-to-woman chat. It's Cordelia talking at Willow. And I love this. Like, this this is totally Cordelia's personality. Yes, it's so good. And this is another, like, um, almost like rant compa- comparatively to Go Fish when she had us fucking on the floor laughing. Like, this is so funny. And she's just, you can tell she's wrapping up her very long monologue about why Willow's a shitty person. And Vampire Willow is leaning against the cage, hating her life like so. Like at this point, I think she's just wishing somebody would come and stake her. <laughs> another another clue into how long it's she's been. She's like, is it sunrise yet? Will the sun come through the window and kill me? Because I need to be dead. I don't know why the Trank gun didn't work for more than, let's say, half an hour on Vampire Willow, but I truly believe that Cordelia entered the library as soon as the Scoobies left, meaning it's been at least an hour. <laughs> so Cordelia's saying, it isn't, it isn't even like I was attracted to Xander. It was more that we kept getting put into these life or death situations, and that's always all sexy and stuff. Is it, though? I, I don't know. I've never... It's That's not my life, you know? Maybe she's right. And she's like... I mean, I more or less knew he was a loser, but that does not make it okay for you to come and what? Because Vampire Willow's staring at her. She's like, do I have something on my neck? Am I getting a zit? (laughs) (laughs) So Vampire Willow has had it and she's like, Cordelia, I'm very sorry. I realize I was wrong. I'll never steal your boyfriend again. (laughs) And Cordelia's like, like you could. (laughs) And she's like, I should leave you in there, but I'm a great humanitarian. <laughs> so she she starts to open the cage saying like, you know, you'll have to think of a better way to pay me back sometime. And as she opens the cage, Willow vamps out and says, how about dinner? <laughs> so we cut to Cordelia screaming her head off and running down the Sunnydale hallways. And she runs right by the trophy case, which let's not forget, Amy's mom has been sitting in that trophy case for three years. <laughs> And I brought this up recently on TikTok because it occurred to me that, like, she's seen some shit in this hallway. Right? (laughs) So I'll have to do a sequel of Cordelia running past and her just being like, what the fuck? (laughs) Willow corners Cordelia in this classroom and Cordelia is, like, so funny. She's, like, pulling desks between them and she's like, "Um, I didn't mean all that stuff I said. I want you to have Xander. My blessings to you both. (laughs) (laughs) so willow is like i'm over him i need fresh blood cordelia keeps running and screaming wesley hears her screaming and runs to help her and cordelia runs right into the bathroom not sure why 
and Willow's advancing on her and Wesley dives between them with a cross and he's like back creature leave this place and he's got his cross and a holy water bottle which he like fumbles out of his pocket right like it's very clear that he's not used to doing this but <laughs> you know it works Willow's like uh whatever she's like she turns whatever. around she saunters off right and of course this means that with the, the threat gone uh, Cordelia's night has actually been successful. She's alone with Wesley in the bathroom. And I love it because she taps him on the shoulder and he screams. <laughs> and then um, he says, a little on edge, men in combat. <laughs> like, <laughs> and Cordelia, like throws herself into his arms so dramatically like she's like you saved my life and like throws herself in and she's feeling his muscles while she's doing it and when she pulls away they both look at the door and wesley's like so that was and cordelia's like willow they got willow so are you doing anything tonight (laughs) i admire that cordelia knows what she wants and she's getting it and like people could think of her as being heartless that willow's a vampire now but she's not even thinking about that i think she's more like okay my goal tonight was to get wesley in my presence i mean these life and death situations are all sexy and everything so true so true anya's at the bronze complaining about teenagers and she's like tired of being around humans and their baggage and she doesn't even care she gets her powers back and she thinks that the vampire should eat willow and willow tries to um get out of it and she's like no i'm a blood-sucking fiend look at my outfit <laughs> that, to, to be fair that should be very persuasive yeah like is that the, the say no more you know like that's all she's got the look and um she's this like this is my favorite part yeah she's like would a human do this and then she screams like so loud and anya and the vampire are just like yeah like yeah humans do that <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they, lo- they pause and then they look at each other that's that what kills me is they look at each other <laughs> yeah, as like, if they're consulting yeah. and then yeah they're like yeah like, yeah humans do that like they're like <laughs> yeah like they're actually answering her question yeah and yeah, it's, it's, yeah this show this show like it earns it like we've watched the show for three seasons to get to this point <laughs> where we could make this joke and i'm just like i don't know i'm on the floor laughing at this point like i cannot with this episode. <laughs> okay and then my next favorite gag is coming up soon buffy angel giles and xander burst in and they all start fighting willow punches anya in the face and frankly she deserved it and she's like ow as oz like pulls her up onto the stage xander's hanging from a rope I guess he was climbing down the rope that Angel climbed up earlier. Um, Vampire Willow throws Oz across the stage and starts strangling Willow on the floor. Uh, Giles and Xander are taken out of a vamp near the back door. Angel is fighting a bunch of vampires at once and he like awesomely breaks this one vampire's leg at the knee. <laughs> it looks so painful. Buffy's fighting more vamps. She has like a pool cube and she's fighting them. And she throws one of them onto the countertop and it breaks the glass. And I was like, no, all of the bronze is baked goods. <laughs> Once again, honestly, I had a revelation with this episode. The bronze's insurance premiums must be through the roof considering how much damage they have from these fights. Yeah, and all the deaths. I've realized, you know, we've I've brought up like, oh, I need to know the business model of this weird club that serves underage people all, all every weekday. Um the bronze is a front. Like that 
it, it must be money laundering, maybe for like white boy gangs or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, girl, it, it's girl a gangs. front for something because there is no way this club could continue to operate and remain profitable with this amount of damage. So clearly they're only open because somebody's laundering money through them. Yeah, absolutely. And that also explains why they don't waste money, like, you know, they're laundered money on better food better bar food because again like we're bringing up these baked goods because i see them very clearly there's like bagels and muffins <laughs> and that are smushed by this vampire <laughs> so this is my favorite moment in the episode really is when so buffy stabs one of the vampires with a pool cube without even looking like that's shade from the slayer i don't even have to look at you to die i just did it and as she's running to help willow who's being strangled she just <laughs> She takes the pool cube and just smacks a vampire over the head with it. And it breaks. But it just, it's so, they didn't have to put that in there at all. But she just, <laughs> I fucking love gags like that. So Buffy's about to stab vampire Willow in the heart and Willow screams no. And Buffy stops at the last moment and Willow says, um, good reflexes. And Buffy says, I work out. And I think this is a callback, though, because not two episodes ago, Buffy was shouting, stop, no stop. And Faith didn't have the reflexes to stop. And she murdered Alan Finch. Yeah, good call. So I just think that's interesting. And like earlier, Buffy was comparing herself to, you know, Faith and saying, I need to be better, at least physically than her with the reflexing tests and stuff. And shows out, turns out she is, <laughs> which we already knew. So all the Scoobies are gathering around them on the stage. Uh, and Vampire Willow realizes that she lost. And she just says, she's just pouting. And she's like, this world is no fun. And Willow says, you notice that too? Ooh. So this is actually interesting, too, because now we're getting to the end of the episode and we're reflecting on Willow and what she's learned <laughs> from this experience. Willow has had a hard season, arguably the hardest year yet for her. For her, yeah. I think last yeah. year was really hard for Buffy, and this year has been particularly hard on Willow for a couple of reasons, a lot of them her own fault, but... I like that we're getting to focus on her character specifically in this episode because she did a lot of shady shit this, this season that I got mad about, but she's also been in a very lonely, isolated place. And coming into this bad girl theme, right, she's now seeing Vampire Willow as this alter ego. Like, this is what it could be if I were a bad girl. Maybe not to the extreme that is a vampire, but same same idea. So... We cut to the warehouse with that wooden cage. No explanation why the wooden cage is in both realities. We don't need to know, I guess. And mm -hmm. uh, they're getting ready to do the spell to send Vampire Willow home. And Xander asks Vampire Willow if he's a badass in her reality. <laughs> and she doesn't say anything. And he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm bad. <laughs> so Buffy isn't sure that they should release her into the wild. She's saying she is a demon. And Willow's like, yeah, but I can't kill her. And Buffy says, me either. And I was like, why can't you kill her? It should be like, Buffy, you killed Angel. I, why is this so hard? I agree with you. Um, I think this is the wrong call. I think it's unethical to let Vampire Willow go because then you're responsible if she kills anybody else in this other reality. Also, yeah. I, this gets me thinking, and this is probably just going to make people's heads hurt, But so I apologize in advance, but... So in the wish, it was implied that Cordelia's wish created the other reality um, and that the other reality uh, supplanted this one that we recognized and that destroying 
Anyanka's power center kind of like snapped everything back into this reality. But this episode implies that the other reality exists in parallel with our reality, which implies that that reality had always existed. And so I guess Cordelia and Anya kind of like switched between realities. But then, you know, for the Giles of that other reality to like destroy the power center being like, oh, it's going to be a better world. Well, like, no, that better world already exists. You're just not in it. And you're never going to be in it because you're always going to be stuck. See, I just parallel universes. Very confusing. (laughs) Yeah, I there's a lot of questions around. Anya's wishing around the necklace, the power center, because also like if it undid Cordelia's wish, therefore it would have undid, undone all her wishes over a thousand years, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, well, well, maybe it only undoes the most recent wish or the active wish or uh. yeah, we need we need an instruction <laughs> manual for this necklace. Yeah, we do. We do. Um, but yeah, that's a valid question. And it, it does kind of make everyone's brain hurt <laughs> thinking about it. Uh, but nonetheless... I, what we're coming down to though is that I don't I think they should kill evil Willow I do Agreed. and I don't see why it's a big deal other than that Willow doesn't want to kill this wild evil version of herself because she's just discovered it in herself like, I bet I if know. Cordelia were there she'd volunteer to do it she'd be like I'll do it <laughs> Cordelia's like yeah I'll do it <laughs> um, Willow says I know she's not me we have nothing in common but still you send her back to her world and she stands a chance it's the way it should be anyway mm, I don't know oh my god I just it just occurred to me Cordy and Wesley are alone in that bathroom and she obviously wants to get to know him in a in a relationship way and that's very inappropriate <laughs> we didn't comment yeah, on sorry, it sorry i thought that went without saying i didn't i didn't bring it up because i'm just like it's clearly clearly inappropriate what's going on here i assume they've left the bathroom at this point right she's like what are you doing tonight i assume they've gone somewhere else maybe they go to the bronze oh no oh maybe oh my oh my but this is i this is what i was thinking in my head as i was giving the synopsis of as I was reading out what I just said uh, I was thinking if because what you just said I was like if Cordelia were to kill Willow she would have to be here but she's not she's back in the school with Wesley and that's inappropriate well and also nobody ever tells Wesley or Cordelia in this episode what's going on with Willow so as far as they know next time they see Willow they're gonna be like aren't you a vampire true and i think they're also continuing continuing on from last episode where wesley fucked up so bad they're not even bothering to tell him or wait for him or do anything he's not part of the gang yeah yeah it's just it's so weird it's it's so funny that they just don't give a shit about him at all deservedly so and willow says so giles who is kneeling next to a very sulky anya they're looking through the spell book and he's like, you know, don't try any tricks, dear. And Anya's like, I don't need tricks. When I get my powers back, you will all grovel before me. And both Willows scoff at that. They're just like, <laughs> and Willow tells Vampire Willow, good luck. Try not to kill people. And then she goes to hug her, but she pulls away really quickly because Vampire Willow did something with her hands. That we don't know. Ooh. So Giles, Anya, and the two Willows complete the circle. They do the spell, cut to the scene from the wish. Vampire Willow is transported back exactly where she left, to the very same spot, just in time for Oz to push her into that that stake that's sticking out of the wall. 
shard, and she says, "Oh fuck!" And then she well, dusts. She doesn't quite get to finish the swear because this is network TV. But um, yeah, she gets sent back to the moment she left, which you know, I guess I guess she gets her comeuppance. But I, I as you said earlier, I think they should have killed her because they have no way of knowing that, and they just let loose a vampire on a different reality. So I know these softies. We're going to have to talk a little bit about this much in a later in later seasons for sure about why for whatever reason or when it suits them they don't kill demons. They they just like let them go or yeah. give them a pass. So we got to talk about that. But then here's poor Faith who's like like all this shade from the Scooby Gang for killing one poor Alan who she didn't mean to kill. So Cut to Sunnydale High Campus. Buffy and Willow are on the bench, and Buffy asks, do you want to go out tonight? And Willow's like, no, strangely, I feel like I'm going to stay in and do my homework and floss. (laughs) And dying a virgin, she says. And Buffy says, you can OD on virtue. And Willow says, between me and my evil self, I have double guilt coupons. I see where the path of vice leads. She messed up everything she touched. I don't want to be like that. And that's when Percy shows up. And Willow starts to explain why she didn't do his homework for him. And Percy says, okay, I did the outline. Turns out there were two President Roosevelt's. Didn't know exactly which one to do, so I did both. (laughs) I know they're kind of short, but I can flush them out. And here's a bibliography. I can retype that if you want. Just let me know what I did wrong, and I'll get on that. And then he goes to leave, but then he hurries back and puts an apple on her lap. (laughs) And then he hops the bench and runs away. The physical comedy in this episode. So good. I know. So Buffy and Willow stare after him. Willow's in shock. And Buffy repeats, do you want to go out tonight? And Willow says, nine sound good? (laughs) So that's the end of this episode. And my first question is, what about the murdered girl? What about Sandy? Poor Sandy. And then my second point was... Did Willow learn something at the end of this episode? And I think she did. And I wonder if we're going to see a bit of a change in Willow after this. She learned she can be sexy AF. She can. I think wearing Willow Vampire Willow's outfit and playing um, a more dominant, more self-assured person. And then also like calling herself out her her other like her actual personality of saying like she's weak and accommodating and she you know she gets cranky at her friends but i think that was her really exploring herself and what she sees herself as and what she could potentially be if she pushes herself a little bit more yeah who's your hero my hero's willow i'm glad that she discovered herself in this episode and just like xander in the zeppo she had a chance to build on that identity and how she views herself as well as how others view her. And I think she did herself a really, I think she um, came out of this episode better for this fun 44 minute adventure. (laughs) Good enough to put it better myself. I agree. We got to give it to our girl Willow. Good for her. Fun twin stuff. Okay, let's go to our hot steak. We have one today and the hot steak is from Quiva. And she wrote in to say that a Reddit user named Media David <laughs> pointed out that the episodic nature of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, as it aired versus the binge watching that most new and returning viewers are doing now, really impacts the character. While the show was among the, the ones that pioneered long form TV storytelling, it was still to a large extent tied to the reset at the beginning and end of each episode buffy willow and xander had to be friends Hmm. so 
Especially in the early seasons when this reset mentality was most ingrained, Xander's behavior is the most consistently shitty and obviously problematic. I think this is a very relevant this is very relevant to my main problem with Xander. It's not that he's the worst person on the show, which is full of murders, tortures, and rapists who are fan favorites, it's that he consistently gets away with low-grade shitty behavior that never has lasting consequences or causes him to self-reflect. To be clear, I'm fully aboard the good train Xander slander. Choo-choo! <laughs> but I, th- I thought it was a good point that I hadn't considered, and I'll be bearing it in mind, especially when the Prophecy Girls get to later discussions of, especially Willow and Spike, who are definitely worse people and characters who benefit from a different balance of episodic versus long-form storytelling. I am so intrigued that you're saying Willow is a worse person than Xander. Go on, Quiva, go on. <laughs> hey, we don't know. Like, I, that was a little bit of a spoilery, you know, hot steak. Well, but... I, I'm just, I'm just like, like, I get where you're coming from. Don't worry. I see it. Mm-hmm. Don't know if I agree with it, but that's what we're here for with the hot steaks. And it's just like, huh, shots fired. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I've said before, like, you know, I'm definitely getting a lot out of this rewatch because. The fact that we record, you know, one episode a week basically means I'm watching one episode a week and I'm not binging it. And, and previously, I'm not much of a, a person to, to binge TV shows. But, you know, I might watch like two, maybe three episodes in a row. And uh, now I'm just doing the one a week. And it, yeah, it's affecting how I view the show for sure. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I'm, I I have been paying a lot more attention this time around to what Quiva saying uh, the episodic nature of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and how you watch it slowly um, and even you and I had said at the beginning of recording a year ago Kara you were saying the filler episodes are ones that you really love and that's something else that I'm appreciating more by watching it slower right because it makes me cherish Absolutely. these these other episodes that maybe don't push the plot as forward but they're still a lot of fun like this episode didn't push the plot forward that much but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, we, we had a little bit with Faith in the Mayor, but you could have put that in any episode, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, this is this is a character episode, and and it's a really good one. That's what I meant at the beginning when I said season three has a lot of bangers. Like, you know, season two, especially at the beginning, had a couple of filler episodes that just weren't that good as far as episodes go. Season three is very different from that, where most of season three f- filler episodes are just phenomenal. Agreed. All right. And once again, thank you to all of our Buy Me a Coffee supporters, uh, especially our chosen ones, our producers, Lizzie, Emma, Hannah, Tara, Molly, Teza, and Alexandra. Wow, there's such a long list now. You guys are the best. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you want and can afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week. We also invite you to join in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, and prophecy underscore girls on Twitter. You can also reach out to our email at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website, prophecygirls.ca. See you next week. Bye.